Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. My name's Barry. I live right above you. I don't host parties. I host after parties. They're like parties, only louder and nobody goes home. You can see right here I ripped out all the carpeting because it was holding me back with my pogo stick. Man's got a pogo. Oh, I'm a prankster. I'll grease up a soda can and then when somebody grabs it, boom! <laughs> Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Okay, I'm issuing a warning right at the beginning. This is going to be a long one. This is going to be an intense one. And this is going to be an important one. And I am the one who sits with the one that does this one. I don't know if it rhymed, but it just went everywhere. Yes, this is the post-Canadian Grand Prix dissection of the Inside Line F1 podcast. My name is Rishi Kapoor and Kunal Shah. We were sitting past 12, but I guess we were sitting on the edge of our seats. What a Grand Prix. What a lovely race. A brilliant race, Rishi. My resting pulse is still high, if I may say that. And even though you issued a warning, I know and our fans should know that usually Rishi wants the podcast to end in 6 minutes and I want to end them in 60 minutes. So let's see who wins today. <laughs> Getting a feeling this is going to be a very, very, very... Detailed one and, and detailed one for sure because uh, let's start with the fact that this circuit never, never, ever ceases to surprise us. The most brilliant Grand Prix have happened here. I mean, uh, Grand Prix bigger than a podcast, I mean, four hours and stuff. But this one, very, very special race, the best so far. The best so far and again, the real deal. You know, Montreal always delivers a race which we will remember for seasons to come. Ten more years of the Canadian Grand Prix, there's a new contract signed. So, yay for that. But, you know, I believe that Canadian Grand Prix and Brazilian Grand Prix should be the only two Grand Prix happening 10 a year. <laughs> Interestingly, Rishi, and a fan question that came, our, came my way during uh, the Canadian Grand Prix weekend was, is Gilles Villeneuve the only circuit named after a driver? And the answer to that is yes. Yes, the answer to that is yes. We've researched and, and the closest we came to names of circuits was Enzo Edino Ferrari Autodromo, which is the track... In San Marino, the Imola, the GP, where Eton uh, sadly passed away. That is the track named after uh, the owners of Ferrari, but not probably a driver. So, bang on, you are a true F1 fan. Well, you know, uh, talking about names of circuits and the champions of walls. And, you know, the racing was so good in Canada. Nobody uttered a word about the sound of the F1 engines. Well, it's just gone in the dust. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were going to say just that, Rishi. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Move on and congratulate the new winner. The widest smile in Formula 1, wider than a lot of rare wings. The one and only Daniel Ricciardo. I love the guy, the way he's performed. What a nice fellow. Everybody's so happy for him. Everybody's happy and like you said, a 440 watt smile. The dentist in you. Could, <laughs> could you find any problems in his jaw structure? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I couldn't find any, uh, any problems in his in-lap where he actually overtook... Um, Vettel as well because you know Vettel was in front of him Vettel had a little gap to him he managed his tyres well he took an early pitch stop he did the undercut and let's not forget Vettel and Ricciardo were both stuck behind slower cars and couldn't overtake them on the straights just because of lack of power but he still could manage a great job and I don't know when and how he, he got ahead of Vettel but he did it was around a pit stops and like you said he had a perfect in lap and an out lap and he jumped Sebastian Vettel 
and you know what's interesting here is Adrian Newey's comments Rishi mm-hmm. where he has turned around and said that Sebastian Vettel needs to learn to drive this car quicker and I'm really wanting to see how Vettel adapts to that we've seen glimpses of that and you know I'm waiting to see a champion's drive come out of Sebastian Vettel later on in this year well the championship is going to be between two people and the two people are the Mercedes drivers but when just when they were about to hit a record they hit reliability problems it just goes to show anything can change in a grand prix time in a few laps where they were pushing each other like hell and i love nico this is going to be a pro nico but well it can go wrong any time you know reliability is such a key thing can you imagine what mercedes would be feeling suddenly on whatever lap number that fans typically remember and i don't both drivers went on to the radio saying i am feeling a loss of power and before you knew it they were 160 horsepower down for pretty much majority of the race but they were still not catchable so we had two mercedeses out of which one retired uh, we had a sahara force india car with a drs wing problem and we had two red bulls doing the chasing and surprisingly all four of them were on the same pace well yes they say in order to finish first you have to first finish and this is something hamilton must have learned yesterday but i cannot 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 hold my praises for nico rosberg and i'm going to tell you why in the past the greatest of the greatest drivers have had problems with cars and somehow finished them and also finished in great positions michael schumacher in spain stuck in one uh, gear finished in strong points ayrton senna has won in the rain in brazil stuck in sixth gear and yesterday nico 20 kilometers per hour slower on the straight he could still be catchable because he was so good in the first sector he had all the brake problems because the mgu had conked off i don't know how he did it but he did it brilliantly nobody's actually praised the guy he's my man for the hour he is absolutely the man rishi but you know what i'm going to get a, get on to a call with uh, nikki lauda <laughs> and maybe toto wolf as well and tell them that guys we need formula 1 to get interesting you can have the domination but just run without the mgu k and the mgu h <laughs> do a, you know race a car without the 160 horsepower because it just made formula 1 so much interesting can you imagine we were suddenly fighting for all the top 5 positions he was also very cheeky yesterday again and that's one thing i really like about sports people yeah. okay i don't know if it's a german in him but the way he cut through the final chicane he knew he possibly had that one chance before he gets a reprimand he used that chance and he pulled out that half a second 7 tenths of a gap on hamilton and to me that was again another psychological blow you know all these small small psychological blows will have a major effect on the championship as we progress through the season they already have because everybody's talking about the fact that hamilton is a non german driver in a german team etc etc let's not forget the whole team is based out of england it's just a german owner <laughs> also let's not forget why he didn't get the penalty is because daniel kvyat also didn't get a penalty on doing the same thing to raikkonen at least the stewards were consistent enough to have the same same opinion but you know i, I don't blame them because you know lewis hamilton was right behind his teammate in about four corners or something so but what will they penalize for yeah but rishi you know very curiously and to me as a racer the first thing i thought was wow this is one loophole i can use at least once in the race and i i saw two very smart drivers do it of course one of them ended up on the podium but i think next year they're going to have speed bumpers out there clearly absolutely they're going to block that straight lining chicane possibility my heart also goes out to hamilton his this is his track and to walk away without any points is going to be really really dismal i believe yes he's got unlucky twice but because of the same reason he's going to value the double points in abu dhabi a little more because when he reaches there he might just need them no matter what the standing in the points at that time 
very sadly but i got to agree with your view here i mean i wish we scrap the double points but as we speak i think there's one driver who will vote for it and that's lewis hamilton one driver who actually benefited out of lewis going away was button button was not even poised to have a great finish but thanks to the retirements from the from perez massa and hamilton he actually came fourth i mean McLaren was driving like it it had a hinge in the middle and it literally does. Yeah. <laughs> but you know again he had one of those typical button races. He went from P8 to P4 in the last two laps. He just suddenly comes out of nowhere and he pulls these magnificent lap times and these overtakings mm-hmm. and he finished P4. He finished ahead of uh, Sahara Force India. Little stat for all our fans out there, Canadian Grand Prix fans, I must tell you, Button in the history of Canada has only led for one lap. and that is the lap where he actually won the grand prix from vettel that's a uh, little bit of addition that thing. was in 2011 i remember yeah yeah <laughs> what a race it was but this one was better i'm talking about the mclaren story i should also mention ferrari because i i personally feel i should write a letter to look at the monetizmelo tell him take your cars go to gp2 you might just beat a few people there i'm not sure but you might just because hello your ferrari you have the biggest budget the biggest resources probably the best drivers on the grid and you finish what 7th 10th i don't even know whether you finished yeah and that too after benefiting from three retirements at the top which technically means that ferrari would have scored one point out here but you know what rishi puzzles me is it's canada it's a very simple circuit so to say you're relying on muscle power of the of the car mm-hmm. you're not really pulling down on all your aerodynamic grips mm-hmm. and i was very surprised to see ferrari struggle here as well well usually canada also marks the point where a team knows they can't hunt for the championship anymore and they will start focusing on the car next year i know what ferrari is thinking right now probably we all do but what is marussia thinking right now i mean because both their drivers have taken each other out well, to correct shilton took the curb a bit too seriously and hit his teammate and this is something that was done i think this is something that happened between ralf schumacher and montoya and this was in indianapolis it was very very sad because this last race uh, they bagged their first championship point so it's going to be a little talking back there yeah sport is a great equalizer and to me i think the day shilton decided to go racing mm. he ended up not only taking himself out but also his teammate Shilton and Bianchi are both going to be a little short on practice on driving the chicanes because you know Friday practice is going to be cut short. Uh the talk of reducing cost has come to a discussion where the two Friday practice session might be reduced to one. Now the smaller teams have said, "Hey, it's not a great idea. We don't have so much uh, resources back and we don't have uh, the the biggest wind tunnels of the world. So we need the track time and more importantly, the drivers that pay them uh, as reserve drivers need to get the laps out there. That's how these teams make their money. So the smaller teams are not going to like it. You know to me it's a 50-50 rishi because it is very crucial to figure out how within the scope of a grand prix weekend we can actually reduce time and reduce time spent on track because ultimately every time you're out you paying some 1000 euros per lap per car mm-hmm. okay so there has to be a creative way to find a solution but yes it should not eat into existing revenues for smaller teams because they are already struggling while somebody who's not struggling for money is who can pay Adrian new extra money to stay back that is red bull racing red bull racing does not want new to go to ferrari they found a new role for him which goes beyond f1 and new is going to stay there i mean new is not going to be actively involved in f1 bron is said i'm happy fishing where is f1 going i don't know is waiting for you and me to take over possibly rishi that's a very smart thing to say you could join them as circuit uh, doctor or something right <laughs> I can rub their cars for a massage for all I care. But smaller teams struggling has also led to a few buyers and takers in Jordan. 
who in the past have sold their Grand Prix team, has turned around and said, Saba, you can't run the team. Just sell it to someone else. Take your money and go home and watch the races on TV. You know, that's actually not a bad idea because that's what Eddie Jordan did and that's where Sahara Force India took birth. Maybe in the history or the evolution cycle of Sauber Formula 1, that's the next step because clearly Sauber are struggling still this season and remember we are one third already done in the season. I think they should just sell their chassis to the Romanian team that is trying to make an entry. I think uh, the Haas team is related till 2016. So this is going to be a little slow but there is going to be some progression in F1. Somewhere some money has to be saved but not on engines. Mercedes has spent half a billion on engines and still the engine collapses. Yeah, you know, it's probably running on a Windows OS software issue. <laughs> and let's actually, I mean, I would have loved for the radio, for the engineers to come on radio and tell uh, Lewis that, Lewis, look for a sharp object. You know, we need to go press the reset button behind the wheel. <laughs> but the big question for the weekend, whose fault was it? Perez or Massa? Massa or Perez? Perez says, Massa moved in on, on me. Massa says, Perez is a blind man. Uh, both the teams are issuing stuff against each other on Twitter. B- both the teams have worn their boxing gloves. They're in the ring. It's, it's, it's like a tag team match. I don't know which side to take. Yes, we'll call it the racing incident. We'll call it a racing incident. But somewhere I believe Masa could have, you know, just that little edge of doubt in my mind. I, I agree on the racing incident. Of course, we all do. In my view... And this is basis what I've read and it's all hearsay right now. I will confirm it in the days to come. Is that the stewards issued the penalties or rather issued the penalty to Checo while he was still in the medical center getting himself checked. Which typically means that they've relied only on whatever little footage or whatever data they had but not on the driver's story. And to me that's where they possibly have heard. They should have heard the driver out. And... Maybe nobody needed a penalty is what I see see it like. Yes, one may argue that Perez changed the racing line under braking. One may say, oh, he's allowed to change the line once. Whatever it is, we at Inside Line F1 Podcast are really happy. Both the drivers walked away from the accident, but they were safe. Well, Formula 1 calendar has been on a reset mode because an old classic comes back. The Austrian A1 ring, now known as the Red Bull ring, makes its way back into Formula 1. What a beautiful track. Very, very power-dominated. I don't see anybody meeting Mercedes but themselves and their engines. What happens? we let you know. The next week, we look forward to all the other inside stuff of Formula 1 on the Inside Line F1 podcast, plus a little peep into Austria and the history over there. Lots of history to talk about, lots of future to talk about. Formula 1 is here, and it's here in style. Wherever you go, whatever you do, drive safe and keep yourself safe. This is the Inside Line F1 podcast signing off. Baconator is the ultimate bacon cheeseburger that puts all other cheeseburgers to cheeseburger shame. And now we're bringing that same big bacon energy to shake up and wake up your breakfast with the Breakfast Baconator. Stacked with the fresh cracked egg, sausage, cheese, and bacon. And right now, you can get a free Breakfast Baconator with purchase in the Wendy's app. So get to Wendy's and always be Baconating. We got you. Offer available at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time during breakfast hours only. Offer must be redeemed via the app. Account registration required.